Hello and welcome to Rated M for McPhail. I'm Erin. I'm Audrey. And this week we're going to be talking about Back to the Future, uh, everyone's favorite time travel saga that pretty much set up all future time travel sagas. Haha, <laughs> get it? Future time travel. Ew. Gonna be a lot of those jokes. <laughs> about time do we have time we're running out of time probably um on a serious note um i would like to send a message out to any of our listeners who may be intrepid time travelers themselves who may want to go back in time and maybe stop the events of 2016-17 from ever happening um yeah just there's a-, a certain date in mind that has some sort of historical significance i mean much like november 5th 1955 this may be considered a kind of a flashpoint uh, also happened in november i don't know uh just a thought just a hint yep. uh, maybe you can use these movies as a roadmap to figuring out how to make a time machine how to operate a time machine the rules of time travel things of that nature i don't yeah. know so good luck to you <laughs> Yeah, or, or don't, or don't. It's up to you, but, like, please do. Or don't, and I'll also keep living in this uh, hellscape. You know, that's that's on you. <laughs> that's fine, too. That's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my notes from the from the alternate 1985 are just, like, sad faces. Yep. In yep. Back to the Future 2. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But now we're talking about Back to the Future, the original, the 1985 blockbuster film that I love so dearly, and have seen too many times, probably if I had to estimate it between like 50 and 500, because this is one of the movies when like it's on TV, I will just watch it from no matter what point it's on. Like, and if there's even if there's other things on that I want to watch, I will probably just choose this over those, because I love it. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, when it's one of those uh, marathons, you end oh, up yeah. watching all of two and then sort of half of three and then you sort half of give of up. three and then you kind of fall asleep. Yeah, or I would, this was a frequent sick day trilogy. So I'd watch like one and two and then just like nap during three. Yep. So. <laughs> about accurate. So it goes, uh, but it's great. But it's, I love them. I love them so much. I, I love everything about them. All the details. Although I did find some new details in this rewatch that I kind of didn't notice before. So I'm excited to talk about those. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so I guess we'll just, you know, we'll go through oh, some some plot. I mean, everyone has seen these movies, hopefully. Um, uh, I recommend them at, at even, we you know, I know we do recommendations at the end. See this movie. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just first and foremost. Uh, Marty McFly is a cool teen in 1985, but nobody, everyone thinks he's like a nerd, but he's actually really cool. He do can, they? I feel like throughout, at least the first movie and, like, in, like, the later movies, I don't know. He seems like kind of, like, I feel like people think he's a dweeb. I mean, I think he's, like, an outcast who thinks he's a rebel. Yeah, um, like, I think he's really cool. But that's just also my, I guess the viewers, like, what we are meant to think he is cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I think he's probably, like, in-universe, like meant to be cool because like he's got the the girlfriend who's really pretty and he he plays in the rock band and he has a crippling self of uh sense of (laughs) self-doubt so yeah yeah true 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 um oh i guess before marty is even introduced the opening like sequence of back to the future is all these clocks ticking uh through time get it because it's time travel yeah and clocks oh are, are the method by which we tell time I see where you went with that one. And 
clocks are a big, big factor in this story. And uh, we see a TV that's been left on for probably hours and hours. But thankfully it was left on because we get a news report about a missing case of plutonium. I wonder who took that. (laughs) I wonder who took that. Maybe the Libyans. We don't know. Not enough information yet. Not enough information. Like, the toast is getting burnt. There's this whole contraption set up. And then, you know, all the clocks go Our uh, food gets dumped into a can. And Marty comes in. And he sets up his guitar and plugs it into this big amp. And, like, turns up all of the volume really, really loud. Um, Because he's cool, see? And he's in a rock band. And he can handle it. And he ruins basically, like, probably a few thousand dollar amp. Like, that is a big, expensive amp. And he ruins it. And he's just like, rock and roll, which is cool, which is really cool. He seems really cool when we meet him. So I guess this is probably the right moment in time, in time, (laughs) 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 to discuss how Marty, this cool 17-year-old kid from Southern California. This cool 17-year-old kid who's not actually 30. Yeah, yeah. Important clarification. We'll get to that later. Um, How is he friends with... uh, Dr. Emmett Brown, our our other hero of the story. Yeah, Marty's on the phone. He's at, we learn he's at Doc Brown's house because he, Doc calls him at his house and is like, Marty, you're going to meet me later tonight. Um, Doc Brown is a scientist in the yeah. town. And we don't Marty know how has friends. a key to his house. Marty has a key to his house. He was going to, I don't know why, he was just going to use some of his equipment. Um... Yeah, they never explain why they're friends, but uh, I guess this is a good time to bring up that John Mulaney bit. Yeah, you know, it actually <laughs> frustrated it's... me when I saw that because I had been saying that for years and he stole all the good points to it. Yeah, um, yeah. But there is something, I feel like one of the writers, like, later in time said some story where he was like, Marty started, like, working for him after school or something. Or some, like, throwaway explanation So <laughs> that still doesn't totally add up. Yeah, I mean, like, I took the liberty while I was watching this of coming up with a few, like, possible theories of why they're friends. You know, I tossed around the idea that Doc Brown did, like, a guest lecture at the high school, and maybe, like, that's how they met. Um, I thought about the fact that George McFly is uh, is into science fiction, so maybe, like, he's a casual family friend. I thought about the possibility that they had a meet-cute where their coffee orders were constantly getting switched. Um <laughs> Like, it could yeah, be any of them. Emmett those. and Marty. But also, Although, like... There weren't really boutique coffee shops in 1985, like Starbucks. I don't know, man. But isn't there also, like, can we entertain the possibility that because of the events of this film, like, as they later transpire, that Doc Brown, like, sought out Marty as a companion because he had already met Marty in 1955? Like, is that possibility i don't know he's so invested in marty's life throughout the franchise and the outcome of like marty's happiness when he could be focusing on like witnessing other historical events or stopping other like disasters and tragedies. killing hitler but he's so focused on like marty your kids fucked up the future we gotta fix it yeah okay bye like what <laughs> we'll get to that we'll, we'll get, get to that. that we'll get to that anyway okay also a good moment to i want to just mention this um uh, michael j fox's like voice cracks <laughs> And his his acting style, like, I feel like nowadays it's the cool thing to do. Like, actors do this, like, very natural performance where you're not really, like, acting, acting. But Michael J. Fox is, like, an actor. Like, he is like, are you telling me that it's 825? I'm late for school. Like, it's such a, like, 
actor acting. Yeah. Which I love. Which I love. So, and his, his cracks and his, 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 um, modulation and, like, the way he says words is amazing His His emphasis on, like, yeah, certain words. Yeah, his emphasis on certain words yeah. is so good. Yeah. Uh, his voice going up and down. Well, <laughs> his face. It's, it's all good. It's, it's important to also mention how Michael J. Fox was, like, running himself ragged during the making of this movie because he was filming Family Ties during the day and then he would, like, run over to the Back to the Future set at night. And that's why, like, so many of the Back to the Future scenes are set at night is yeah. because they couldn't film a lot of the time the schedule. Yeah, because they just didn't want Eric Stoltz. <laughs> they okay. were like, no, we'd rather murder a human, Michael J. Fox, than work with Eric Stoltz. And I love Eric Stoltz. Um, I I think he probably would have made this movie a lot more serious. Um, yeah, agreed. he doesn't have that like happy-go-lucky Michael J. Fox. He's so humor. earnest. Michael J. Fox is the most earnest actor. Yeah, in, life, in the history of time. But it's crazy because when you do see like um, stills of when Eric Stoltz was in the movie, like you can tell that they cast Crispin Glover and Leah Thompson at least partly based on their resemblance to Eric Stoltz because like when you see the shot of Eric Stoltz and Crispin Glover in the diner where they're like doing the same gesture it's like oh my god this is father and son this is so much stronger than yeah you know Michael J. Fox not that Michael J. Fox isn't amazing in this but like that that resemblance is like really yeah, yeah. Good. It's it's strong. Sorry, just want, so I just wanted to mention that. Um, also, okay, so so Marty has to get to school, so he skateboards out of Doc Brown's house to The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News. This movie soundtrack and score and sound editing are all just, like, amazing and so good and so yeah. cool. Um, and Marty hitches on the back of a truck while he's skateboarding to, like, cut down on time by the Burger King on Victory Boulevard in Burbank. I know exactly where it is. <laughs> So when you come to visit me next time, we can go there. We can do a Back to the Future location tour. Before we, okay, before we move on, um, there's one thing about this opening that really confuses me, and that is what kind of science experiment is Doc Brown doing just by syncing clocks to the same time? He's like, oh, it worked. They're all synced. Yeah, and 25 minutes late. I don't understand. I mean, the point of it is to make Marty late for school. This is the thing is I feel like there's a lot of questions I ask that are like, why is this the way that it is? And it's just to set up the plot. Yeah. It's just to serve the plot to the next plot point. Yeah, because like, I feel like Doc Brown should have known, you know, just, oh, setting all these clocks to the same time. Well, even if it's not the right time. Yeah, yeah. We'll I don't, I don't know what the up. point of that is either. And also, he's not even there to like witness it. So... So it's really lucky that Marty was there. Yeah, um, yeah. So, anyway. Playing his music earlier in the morning before school. Um, okay, I wrote, I hate lateness Marty deal breakers. Marty is kind of a shitty boyfriend. And that's number one for me. It would be lateness. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am a perennially late person. But Marty does seem like he's not fully invested in anything that he does. No. So... No, he's a slacker. He like is his a old man. He was a slacker too. What is the situation with Strickland? <laughs> I because don't know. He just he hates them. Great. He has like such a level of antagonism towards a random local scientist and the entire McFly family. Yeah, it, it is inexplicable. Like nothing happens in when they're in 1955 and Strickland is like talking to George McFly that there's no backstory. It's just like I hate you because you you don't live up to your potential or because you don't have any potential or just like 
I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess we all have those rages that are not founded in anything specific, but uh, this is, this is out there. It's still like excessive. And like Strickland knows so much about him. Like he knows all about his family and he knows that he is friends with, with Doc Brown. Brown. You're still hanging out with that. Like it's it's very interesting. He's obsessed (laughs) with Marty, I think. That's the real story. That's the that's the real story that wasn't told. Yeah. It was too early. They couldn't tell that story in 1985. <laughs> True. Uh, I do I do really like that line, though, when he says, like, no McFly has amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. And then Marty's just like, well, history is going to change. <laughs> we know it is because he's going to change it. Because Yeah. Oh, my God. I wrote this note because it, it's a lot more pronounced in the later in the two sequels, like the foreshadowing in the two sequels is like so heavy, but I feel like you could use this heavy get it in joke. These are going to be the longest episodes we've ever recorded. Um, (laughs) But I feel like you could use these movies to teach like literary tropes because there are so many, like this is like the easiest example of foreshadowing, like in the movie to explain the concept of foreshadowing to a person is like, when in Back to the Future 2 and Biff is watching the movie with the guy with the bulletproof vest, <laughs> like for Back to the Future 3, like just setting up that stuff. And even, I mean, it happens a couple times in Back to the Future for the end of Back to the Future, but it's great. I love it. I love it. So, oh, oh, so then we see Marty, Marty and Jennifer, uh, Claudia Wells, so Jennifer great. won. She's great. Marty's band auditions for whatever, some dance, uh, and Huey Lewis's cameo was great. Saying that they're just too darn loud. Yeah. That's a classic moment. Um, I love that. I also love, okay, so then when they go back out and Marty's complaining about how he's, he's afraid that he's never going to amount to anything, how can he handle that kind of rejection, blah, blah, blah. Again, foreshadowing, setting up things later. Um, I just like the little details of Hill Valley when they, like, set it up that are just mirrored in, like, all three movies. Like, you see the, like, Mayor Goldie Wilson stuff and the clock tower and... You know the exposition that we get about the clock tower, but I just, I just think it's cool. I just think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's a little intense. To Save the clock, the clock tower. tower. <laughs> just shaking a cup in some random kissing couple's face. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, lady, have a quarter. And I like that in the future, it's like, hey, can can we have a hundred bucks? <laughs> yeah. Can you thumb a hundred dollars? Yeah. Uh, also, I wrote this movie. This movie is actually just all about like boning in the right place in the right time. Because Marty's motivations in the beginning is to just, like, go to the lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quote, unquote, go to the lake. Yeah. And then later he has to get his, make sure his parents bone. So they're all born. It's all of his, him and his siblings are born. Yeah. So he's rated so, PG. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I actually remember having a conversation with your dad when I was a kid about this movie. Because you and your sister were really little. And I think you guys had probably seen this already. Oh, but yeah. But he, he was shocked at how much language was in this movie and, like, how it's a PG movie, but it is, like, so adult. And he was like, yeah, I let Aaron and Shannon watch this, and then I remembered how terrible it is. Like, it was, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, well, this the first of many movies that my parents thought it was okay for us to watch before we were, like, 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, think, I think this, I think I probably saw Indiana Jones, like, first, like, Indiana Jones trilogy first. And then I saw Back to the Future, and then I saw Star Wars. So hmm. I don't know. I don't. That doesn't really mean anything. That's just personal yeah, <laughs> history of like the big story, the big three like trilogies. But I remember because Back to the Future, I think, was the first one to come out on DVD. So we got the Back to the Future DVD set, and then we got Indiana Jones, and then we got Star Wars. 
So good times. I also, when I moved to Pennsylvania, <laughs> my first like sleepover with my best friend Alexa, this is like before we were friends. We were like becoming friends. We went to Hollywood Video and like I was like, we should watch Back to the Future because I had probably like just seen it. <laughs> and I like made her watch it because I was like, oh, it's so good. Maybe I had just seen it, but I definitely had seen it enough to be like, I want to watch this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, it's really good. So then they go over, uh, Marty goes goes home, and we get to meet his parents, George and Lorraine McFly. And, and Biff. Screw up, and Biff, yeah. Um, Biff, who was drunk driving. Biff equals Donald Trump in yeah, all this. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It kind of, like, it's just in the back of my mind now, and it kind of, like, ruins them. Not, like, ruins them because they're so good, but it's just like, ugh, this is sad now. It, it makes the second movie very different. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Biff, like drunk drove in george mcfly's car and then like berated george mcfly because like how could you not tell me your car didn't have a blind spot like you're gonna have to pay for all this what like i come over to drop your car off and all you have for me is light beer like he's just a complete asshole just all the lines are like it's such good characterization of like what a piece of shit he is like i like you know I, who's gonna pay for like the spilled beer on my jacket like he was driving and drinking and then he's like oh say hi to your mom for me like he's such a creep automatically oh, You're like oh fuck this guy and then there's that weird line where he's like asking george to write a report for him but then he's yes. just like you got to give it to me earlier i have to have time to get it retyped it's like is, <laughs> is that a thing like is somebody gonna recognize your typing yeah your typing um, skill because yeah because then that, that's also foreshadowing yeah, that's that's foreshadowing. Or is it post-shadowing? Because that scene technically takes place in the oh, past. Oh, good point. Good point. You may have just coined a term. Yeah, no. It's like it's really just to illustrate that George McFly is a total pushover, and Lorraine and is like, just dumb. like a big lush. And yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, when I was little, I did not understand that uh, Leah Thompson was like young. Like she was like Michael J. Fox. Like she was like t- the youngest one. She oh, was yeah, like a same. teen or whatever. Same. Because she does such a good job. Like, Lee Thompson, I think, might be MVP performance-wise of the of the series. I, to this day, I struggle with knowing how old Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, and um, Christopher Lloyd are in real life. Yes. Because, oh, yeah. like, I just have no concept of how old they were when they made this movie. Like, no. I just, I didn't, <laughs> it's very weird to me. Yeah. And Leah Thompson now is, like, she's, she's still, I mean, well, obviously, this is not... I don't want to get into ageism in Hollywood, but she's really pretty, and she doesn't look like how they age her up in this. I mean, no. obviously, yeah. Lorraine McFly is, Lorraine Baines McFly is just, like, a normal human, is not a Hollywood actress who has been, like, maintaining her appearance for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, um, Leah Thompson's daughter looks, like, a lot like her. <laughs> And she's, like, young now, too. So I'm, like, I saw, uh, she's in this movie called Vampire Academy, which they did on How Did This Get Made, which oh, I watched. God. Which is on Netflix. She looked, they look a lot alike. Uh, so that's fine. Zoe Deutsch okay. is her daughter. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Crispin Glover's laugh in the scene where they're <laughs> eating dinner. Like, my friends and I will do that laugh, like, all the time. It's so good. I, I love Crispin Glover. Um, <laughs> he's amazing in this movie. He's really good. <laughs> Also, I'm confused as to how Marty is, like, the only sane person in the family and how he is, like, so grounded and, like, I don't know. I mean, he's not even that grounded because he's an idiot. But everyone else in the movie, everyone else in his family is, like, kind of a screw-up and not, or kind of just, like, mediocre and not, I don't know. It's clear that things could be better for his fam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
The sister is, like, the most normal of yeah, all the, of them. the sister's living her best life. <laughs> yeah, like, she's defending Linda, him. Linda. She's like, well, how are you supposed to meet people? Like, if girls aren't allowed to call boys on the phone, like... Yeah, feminism. Yeah. Um, this movie, these movies are really bad to women, so we'll get to that later. We'll, we'll wait for, like, the second movie for that. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. So, yeah, this is all just to illustrate, like, Marty's home life is sort of... Like shitty, not great, you know. Not great. His mom is. I feel so bad for Lorraine in this reality because she's just yeah. like this depressed alcoholic with just like so defeated. She's like resentful, but like she she clearly like still loves him, which is like sad. Yeah, but it's like oh, you Thompson's so good when she's telling the story about how they met, and she's clearly like so full of love, but also like oh, I knew from that moment I was going to spend the rest of my life with him, like. Depressed, for better or worse. depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I have to live with this idiot, but I like love him. I just, um, I also love the line delivery of the sister when, like, the mom is telling that story. Just oh. being like, that was so <laughs> stupid. Grandpa ran him over with the car. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And Lorraine's oh. like, what were you doing there? And he's like, what, Lorraine? What? 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, when they come back to that. See, I like these movies because they answer the questions that are asked, like, in the universe. Yeah, it is. So, it's cool. It's, and I feel like it, this is also, the movie has kind of, like, universal appeal because it's a, it's basically, like, a parental origin story. Which, like, when you're, like, little, you want to know what, what your parents were like before you were born and all that, like, stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so Marty, yeah. oh, so before when, when Doc was on the phone with Marty at the beginning, he was like, meet me at the Twin Pines Mall at like one o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Like, he doesn't really explain why Marty's just like, okay. He just says yes. And, uh, and then Marty goes over there. He's also sleeping in the weirdest position of all time. Yeah. It like suspenders <laughs> and it's, it seems like such an uncomfortable outfit to be sleeping in. Yeah. And his face is like kind of half smushed in the pillow. Like, I don't understand how a person falls asleep that way, but. Yeah. Fine. No. Uh, so he meets Doc, and it's, like, the most iconic entrance of, like, um, but, like the DeLorean and the steam, and it just, like, you know, like, everything about Doc before he even, like, says anything, because he's, like, in that lab coat, and he's got that hair, and you're like, okay, this guy's a mad scientist, we get it. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, I built this time machine. <laughs> Casually mentions that it runs on plutonium, and it's... <laughs> It's crazy to me. Like, I feel like in-universe, there is not nearly enough attention paid to the fact that Doc Brown just stole, like, a shit ton of plutonium and then got mixed up with a Libyan terrorist group. Yep, yep. Like, I know this is, a po- like, a pre-9-11 universe, but, like, if this movie was set today, Doc Brown would be, like, in Getmo right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. The NSA would have been all over him. Yeah. And uh, things would be, th- he would be committed like, what happens in the alternate 1985? Yeah, and probably rightly so. Like, this is not, probably not the most responsible move Doc Brown has ever made in his life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I was just kidding. Never mind. There was something I thought I wrote down on this page, but I didn't. Oh, uh, before, like, when I saw this movie when it when I was little, like, Libya was not really on my radar as things that I, like, knew about. But then... In more recent years, things have been happening in Libya, and I'm like, Arab Spring. this is not great. <laughs> this is not a great look yeah. to still be part of the movie, but, uh... <sighs> yeah, and it's it's sort of... The depiction of the Libyans is maybe not the most, uh... No, not great, not great. Flattering. <laughs> um, yeah, depictions of minorities or people of other races and women in these movies yeah. could be better. 
could be better. Um, also, on a side note, um, Doc Brown took the time to get a vanity plate for his time machine. Yes, out of time. Out of time. Amazing. Um, also, oh, I wrote this down. In the ed- like, I feel like I've seen these movies enough times on TV that I notice the differences on TV when they're like edited. So when he says, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious and they say stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when the time machine, like, come, when they put Einstein in the time machine, it comes back and Marty's like, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. But they change it to, like, cheese and rice. Cheese, cheese and, and rice. rice is the ultimate. Yeah. I love it. I love it. But I also, it also makes me mad because then they kind of skip over some scenes or they're shortened. And I'm like, no, 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 they missed, like, this line. Yeah. it's I hate that. Um, I hate TV censorship. Yeah, I was, Kyle was watching this with me and, um... When they put Einstein in the car, he was just like, he couldn't have done this experiment with a dog he doesn't love. And I was <laughs> right? just like, yeah, that's probably a, that's probably a good point. <laughs> Einstein is basically an innocent bystander, and Doc Brown is risking his life to travel yeah. through time. Uh, yeah. So that's fine. Uh, so then Doc is kind of going through the mechanics of the time machine, which is a DeLorean, which is really cool, which is the car when I didn't really know that much about cars when I was little, but I would always say I wanted a DeLorean as my dream car because, like, it was the only car name I probably knew uh, because of this movie. Yeah, well, it's a piece of shit car. Um, <laughs> all of the stylistic elements of it are, like, make it a really, really inconvenient car to own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure it'd be a nightmare. And it's made out of tinfoil, and I feel like they had a lot of issues with them, like, exploding if they got hit by something. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but so, Doc is showing him where he could potentially go in time, uh, and he shows him, like, different dates, and my favorite one is like, alright, it's the birth of Christ, and he types in December 25th, 0000. Yeah, the so year. not the birth of Christ. <laughs> right, because as we now know, that Christ was probably born in, like, June or the summer, so. yeah. That's fine, but that's just a funny moment that makes me laugh every time. Uh, okay, this is where I wrote things in this movie that are inappropriate for a child to see. Gun violence, potential rape, harassment, alcoholism, profanity, innuendo, racism, incest. Because of all the gun violence that happens with the Libyans, because Doc Brown gets just, like, gunned down violently. Yeah. It's really intense. <laughs> uh, Marty just stands there, so... Yeah, it's it's a rough scene. And then, you know, they get into the car chase and he goes, he finally gets up to 88 miles per hour and uh, he goes back in time and he like, forgets a... he's in a time machine for that minute when he's like, let's see if you bastards can do 90. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Doc just said when it gets up to 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some yeah. serious shit. And oh, then... and he, he forgot to pack extra plutonium, which yeah. Doc was doing when the Libyans showed up. And then for like a good half an hour to an hour after Marty shows up in the past, he, like, doesn't understand what's happening and, like, doesn't believe it. He's just, like, he finally has to, like, grab the newspaper out of the garbage can and see that it says, (laughs) 1955, what? And it's, like, do you not understand the plot of this film, My favorite part is when he tries to talk to that car, like, when he first gets there and the lady's, like, don't stop or we'll die! Yeah, that's that's clap. I also love the the very like first moments when he's in like the the hazmat suit that looks like a space suit, and those like hillbillies are out in their barn, yeah. and the little kid has like the comic it's book that mutated has mutated into human form. Shoot it! <laughs> yeah, I got you, you mutating son of a bitch. It's, like, <laughs> it's great. Oh, I love uh, it. 
So good. Uh, it's cool. I just think it's cool when you get to see, like, Hill Valley over and over again. Like, I don't know, like, the production design of it and, and all the details that are different each time and everything that you see, like, you know where you are instantly based on, like, the changes that are made. Like, you hear Mr. Sandman's playing and the, and the movie is, like, Ronald Reagan and all the cars are all old, but it's still, like, the square that we saw earlier where Marty goes with Jennifer and the clock tower and... The Universal Backlot, what up? Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, cool. like, I don't think I've seen a movie that looked more obviously like a studio lot yeah, than yeah. Hill Valley. <laughs> like, it yeah. is just, just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too, like, I think I was just looking for it more, where I was like, oh, some of these buildings are definitely not buildings. Like, this is a cardboard, like, stand-up. Yeah. Um, I still love it. Whatever, I'll forgive it. So, um. so Marty is in 1955. He goes into the diner and um, he, uh, he. Oh, there are like all these jokes about 80s He's a beverages. Life preserver. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That too. Tab. Yeah. No. Can I did, get a Pepsi free? Did they not have Diet Pepsi in 1985? Uh, I think they had Diet Pepsi in eighty in the eighties. I thought that's when Pepsi it was invented. Free? Then why is it called Pepsi? Like, I guess there's Pepsi Zero now, but it just is like, I get the tab one not being a thing, but like, why? I feel like more people drink Diet Pepsi. Yeah. Um. I don't know. But don't but know. yeah. And then he uh he runs into his father. Yeah. Uh, Diet Pepsi was introduced in 1964, by the way. So, cool. All right. Fun fact. Um, Marty is really shifty, and I don't blame the, like, diner owner for getting mad at him. Lou, I guess. uh, Yeah. Because he's just, like, very fidgety, and he goes right for the phone booth and is asking all these questions. Um, So I don't blame it. Uh, And then Biff, young Biff, comes in and, like, confronts George, and it's a replay of the scene we saw earlier of him being like, you need to do my paper for me, but you have to bring it home, like bring it to me early because you don't want it to be in your handwriting. And he does that thing where he like knocks on his head and is like, hello, hello, anybody home? Think McFly, think. Yeah, that's okay. As annoying as Biff is, his insults are top notch. Like I love that. I also love when he calls them an Irish bug. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> chill slurs. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, I also, mean, it's just funny. Shout out to Billy Zane. Yeah, yeah, he's in there for a hot minute. And uh, then yeah. he disappears. Like, he's only in some shots. Like, I think they... Yeah, re- yeah he, and he's not... Oh, he's in Back to the Future 2, but it's later. He's in, like, the alternate 1985 uh, crew. Yeah. Um, I also wrote George's hipster undercut. And you know what I was thinking about uh, when I was watching, watching this movie this time is he has, like, a couple pieces that, like, are like falling out of place and it just reminded me of Ryan Gosling in La La Land. Oh my god, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, like I can see what you're... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, also he meets Goldie Wilson who's just like sweeping up the floor in, yeah. in the diner and, and Marty says, and yeah, he's gonna be mayor. Yeah, and can I just mayor. say like, the, the black community owes Marty McFly a great debt because like yeah, they, without yeah, him, Goldie they, Wilson never becomes mayor and Chuck Berry never writes Johnny Be Good. And it's like, thank God for that white teenager just, just creating black culture. Just another instance of Hollywood whitewashing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, so yeah, so Marty meets George and he follows him out of the diner. 
and he and he's really him. creepy to George too. Like he is not yeah, acting he's just normal. Like staring at him, like cool. You you have f- realized that you're in the future. Like cool it. You need to keep a low profile because you're not supposed to be there because you're not born. Yeah. Um, but he, he just decides to follow him, and he follows him. And uh, George is uh, hanging in a tree with some binoculars, watching Lorraine undress in her bedroom window. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. George falls from the tree and Marty runs and pushes him out of the way and Marty gets hit by the car, which we learned in the beginning of the movie that was what was how George and Lorraine were supposed to meet, but instead now it's Marty and uh, Lorraine's dad is like Stella, another yeah. one of these damn kids jumped in front of my car. How like, many people has he hit? Yeah, like, I would like it seems to know like this the is tally a occurrence. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Marty um, wakes up in in his mom's bedroom. This is one of my favorite, like, repeated actions. That I guess I, forgot, I made I made a list of my favorite, like, oh, I guess motifs that happen in the movie of the, Mom, Mom, is that you? Yeah. You've like, been you're... asleep for almost nine hours now. You're safe and sound back in good old 1955. 1955! 1955. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's classic. It, it does, it really works, but... I just feel like there is similar to the issue with Doc Brown stealing all this plutonium and it's kind of just fine, okay? Um, there is not enough attention paid to how creepy George and Lorraine are. Like, George is oh, like no. up a tree watching a girl undress, like a teenage girl undress without her knowledge. And then Lorraine is like in this, her house, and she like takes marty's pants off and like examines his underwear while he's unconscious i'm just like they're both like creepy people with no boundaries yeah yeah i wrote in my notes lorraine is horny and all caps <laughs> she it's really bad like she's uh yeah oh man oh i also wrote michael j fox's physical comedy like i just i love how his body like when he falls when he's trying to put his pants back on i laugh every time it's great. He's just like this tiny little like ball scrappy of little nobody. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um Yeah, and he's he's funny and he goes downstairs and he is hanging out with his grandparents and his aunts and uncles that we don't really hear anything other about except about uh Uncle Jail- Jailbird Joey. Who's in his crib <laughs> in or his pack and play his, or whatever. Who's it is. in his playpen that they never take him out of because he just likes being in there with the bars. That is one part of the story like because normally they're really good about wrapping up all of these like, like little circular mo- like, things like, i really would have liked almost yeah yeah i really would have liked to hear more about joey and like his life and is, everything. is his life affected from marty changing the timeline like like when they get back to 1985 like is he still in jail we don't know yeah maybe not maybe he's not um I don't uh, know. yeah i don't know either but um oh so then they, they have the tv in front of him and Marty's like, oh, I've seen this one before. He keeps, like, forgetting where he is and just acting like he is in 1985. And he talks about what's a rerun, um, which I I have two TVs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know we have two. It's... (laughs) Who the hell's JFK? Can you just think about what a reasonable response would be in 1955 and then just say that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You would save us all a lot of trouble and probably you a lot of trouble. If you would remember that you have traveled through time. The only one I can excuse is when he is trying to figure out what the road is that he's looking for. And he's like, oh, that's John F. Kennedy. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like... John F. Kennedy? 
Yeah, I mean, like, that's a stupid thing to say, but I also feel like if you wouldn't necessarily think, like, oh, the roads changed names because of all this stuff. So, like, yeah, I can yeah. I, I can let that one slide, but all the other ones, I'm just like, seriously, you are not a smart 17-year-old. No, no, which is hard to remember that he is only supposed to be 17. How um, Do we know how old Michael J. Fox was when I, he made this I, movie? Honestly, I think he was, like, late 20s. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, look it up really fast. It up. I, think, I think it is... It is well into his 20s, if not late 20s, because he's definitely not 17. (laughs) Okay, he was born in... uh, That didn't show it. Come on. 1961, so he was 24. Okay. Okay, so I guess not well into his... Okay, well, then then he is like... He is 29 by the time he's doing Back to the Future 2 and 3. Yeah. Which I think is a noticeable age difference. (laughs) Like, I feel like his face is different in Back to the Future 2 and 3. Um, yeah. But yeah. The cares of time are all in his face. Yeah, because this came out in 1985 when both of my parents were 18. So they're 17 or 18. Oh, okay. So they would have been like Marty's age, technically. But Michael G. Fox is older than that. That is weird. <laughs> Fun fact. Um... Yeah. Oh, Michael J. Fox is also just like so like aw shucksy. Like I just feel like he's permanently his face is in that state of like, oh, shucks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Marty like hightails it out of there when Lorraine makes it clear that she's going to jump him in the middle of the night if he stays there. See you all later, much later. He also is just like doing that very vague thing and being like, yeah, I think you might when uh, his grandmother's like, do I know your mother? Yeah. Like, cool it. Cool it. You don't need to be smart right now. But, like, you are coming off so weird to these people. (laughs) To these poor 1955 simpletons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, Marty ends up... Oh, he goes over to Doc Brown's house, right? And then, you know, he convinces him that he's from the future and there's all these like funny gags about like well who's the president he's like ronald reagan he's like ronald reagan the actor who's the vice president jerry lewis or something like that oh it's Um, good i suppose jane wyman is the first lady yeah which i was just thinking about it like if you made this movie now and you went back in time and you told someone that the president was donald trump and they'd be like what uh yeah similar similar uh situation <laughs> sorry i had to get that one in there. <laughs> deep sigh deep sigh uh yeah yeah would you believe it if somebody came up to you and were like i'm from the future like if somebody was claiming to be time traveler tra- time traveler would you believe them i mean at first probably not but after like all of the evidence that he produces and explains how he knows how the cut on the forehead happened and the fact that i personally was experimenting with time travel um (laughs) maybe a factor yeah so i don't know it's pretty unbelievable it is um but i think doc brown is like eccentric enough to sort of like he'll buy into stuff like that oh yeah oh definitely if you are ever traveling through time and you come back to a time where I am, you can convince me and I'll believe you. Yeah, honestly, like any time travelers out there right now, like, we show believe up. you. Yeah, we like, believe. I will believe you. No questions asked. Just, uh, I mean, we'll yeah. have several questions, but we'll believe you, but we'll just, yeah. we want clarification. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So they end up going to the high school. Um, oh, oh yeah, wait, wait, no, but but Marty shows him the video from the night of when he went oh, back in yeah, time as yeah. proof. And how does he hook it up to the TV? 
Oh, I wrote that. I wrote, how does the video work? Is Marty an engineer? Like, he's showing, like, it's it's clearly wired into the TV, but, like, I can guarantee 1950s TVs did not have the capability to connect to no. a 1985 no, video no camera. Way. No way. Unbelievable. Unless he could, like, they could have done that scene and just have him watch it on, like, the little yeah, like, screen the on the camera. Just yeah. rewind it there. Like... Did, Done. <laughs> um, did those cameras, like, back then, did they even have, like, the replay setting on the... Cause oh, I don't know. I feel like not. before, it, like, back then, it was just, like, you'd put a tape in and you wouldn't be able to watch it until you put it into, like, a, a TV, like a VCR. Yeah. I don't know. Good I don't question. know. A lot we're of too, questions. We're too young. you definitely couldn't connect it to a 1950s TV. No. Um, no is way. the key takeaway. No, no. That'd be, like, like connecting a video camera that we have now to, like, that big TV that Grandpa used to have that was, like, sitting on the floor. Yeah. You know, the one that was, like, not. we plugged the PlayStation into that was, like, by the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That was, mm-hmm. like, the oldest TV I'd ever seen, probably. Yeah. It's a dinosaur. Anyway. Uh, so, so they go to the school to see Marty's parents, because Doc's like, you haven't interacted with anyone, have you? And Marty's like, yeah, actually, I interacted with both my parents. Whoops. Yeah. And, and Marty, like, when they get to the school, he's just like, wow, it looks new. Did they fix it up? And it's like, no, you idiot. You're in the past. It's new. <laughs> it's going to look like, different. Like, how are you not processing this? Oh, God. So, Marty's anyway. an idiot. He's really he's dumb. He's a dummy. Like, everyone, sorry. everyone in these movies are dumb, except for Doc Brown. Yeah, he's very smart. Um, So, yeah, we see, oh, we see Strickland, who still doesn't have hair. Yeah. Um, and he treats George McFly the same way that he treats Marty. Even though, like, Marty, Marty, like, has an attitude. George does not have an attitude. George seems like a nerdy, like, straight A student who is yeah, trying his he's hardest. he's just this, like, nerdy outcast who's bullied constantly. Right. So I don't stories, know why, like, the principal would stories. be such a dick to him. Yeah, uh, same. Like, why would you yell at the kid who has a kick me sign taped to his back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. The person is like, funny. oh, real mature. Like, <laughs> uh, it's oh, so it's good. A, it's classic. It's and classic. Doc Brown is like, maybe you were adopted. <laughs> <laughs> brutal. It's just brutal. Oh. You know when Doc Brown is taking a swing at you? Like, you're... Yeah, yeah. I also wrote every extra in this movie is 30, is over 30, but I think it's just because like 50s clothes just like age people up. Yeah, and the they're hairstyles. Like, they're so dressed up. Compared to, yeah. like, now. So, that's fine. Oh, 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 I wrote this t- this question. Big, big question I have. Uh, when they're in the lunchroom and, and George has shown Marty his, like, stories or whatever. And Marty's like, why well, you should probably, like, ask Lorraine to the dance. And George is like, oh, no, she'd probably rather go with Biff. And Biff is, like, harassing her and, like, grabbing her. And she's clearly not into it. Why would George think that she would want to go with him when she's, like, very, she, like, slaps him? Like, no. Yeah, you know, I think there's this fundamental disconnect between, I think, like, women will always see that sort of thing. It's just, like, it's very obvious that she is not interested in this. But then, like, guys have this mentality that, like, oh, they're only interested in the jocks and, like, the guys who treat them wrong. And, like, all this this baggage about, like, the asshole jocks who are, you know, they, they never want the nice guy. And it's just... It's like, no, if you even pay attention a tiny bit, you, you will. it's very clear that she's not interested in at this guy no who's point, pawing at her in the cafeteria. Yeah, at no point in the trilogy, in any timeline, is she remotely interested in him, even no. when, spoilers, <laughs> even when this thing happens. Um, yeah, 
So yeah. that's that's annoying. So Marty almost gets into a fight with Biff in the cafeteria. Um, it is, this is a little, it's not weird, but I was thinking about this today, that basically Marty's, like, big villain is somebody his dad and mom went to high school with. <laughs> like, yeah, your parents' classmate is, like, your nemesis. Like, that's kind of weird. It is, it's very strange. I, if I was George, I would be super confused about this random guy who just shows up and, like, sort of befriends me, but also sort of just wants to talk about me dating this specific girl. Yeah, yeah, this specific girl who was, like, clearly interested in Marty. Yeah, and, like, every Calvin. conversation they have, he turns it, like, immediately to Lorraine, and it's just, like, yeah, you should try and, like... <laughs> Get to know him a little bit, because when yeah, Doc is, then, like, what do, you, what do your parents like to do to, together? And Marty's like, nothing. Like, Marty doesn't know anything about his parents. And now he's back in 1955 and he's, like, literally only talking about the other parent to each other. Yeah. And and then George is, like, writing and Marty's like, get out of here. I didn't know you did anything creative. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, this is clearly the only thing George cares about in his life is, like, writing and science fiction and all this stuff. And, like, you don't know anything about yeah, Dad. yeah. And clearly in Marty's current, like, life, George gave up on all of that or, like, lost the brain capability to do that because of the, the head injury, which somehow Marty is not affected by. But it's, like, a clear change in demeanor. Like, 1955 George is, like, you know, he's still kind of spacey and out there or whatever. But 1985 George, before Marty goes back in time, is, like, there's something going on, you know? Yeah, I don't know if he's just, like... Yeah, it's very strange. Um, I think maybe just years and years of having been beaten down by life. That's you true. just, like, check out at a certain That's point. That's true. That's valid. Lorraine's, you know, deep into the bottle at this point. Yeah, they cope with it differently. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so then Marty decides to dress up in his, uh, like, radiation suit and goes to George's house in the middle yeah. of the night and puts, like, the Van Halen tape and puts the headphones on him. And is like, silence, Earthling. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> and then the next day, George like is running after Marty. And he's like, last night, Darth Vader came down from the planet Vulcan and said, if I don't last Lorraine to the dance, he's going to melt my brain. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Uh, yeah. um, and then this starts like the chase scene, the iconic uh, skateboard car chase scene that's repeated. Yeah, yeah, because they go back to the diner and Marty's, you know, giving George instructions on what he's supposed to say to Lorraine and he's just like, yeah, tell her uh, tell her you're her destiny. Chicks love that. Yeah, yeah. Which it is is very cute when he says, you're my density, I mean your destiny, like that part gets me. And I like the fact that Lorraine actually looks like she is She's like, oh, I'm in by this, this yeah is, it's, like, it's this. not like this weird situation where there's nothing about george that she's attracted to except for you know the things that marty's, that marty's orchestrating with the later scenario it's like she given the opportunity like she would like george mcfly for himself yeah yeah um but yeah so that happens oh and then biff shows up and he's like i thought you weren't like i thought i told you never to come to this diner again because yeah. biff obviously has the right to like determine the who goes to the somehow <laughs> in every universe everyone just like lets biff do whatever he wants so yeah yep, yep. male white privilege you know yeah <laughs> uh so uh so then marty gets on a skateboard but he like breaks it so he basically invents a skateboard and biff's chasing him around in a car and he ends up in a in a truck of manure 
Not for the last time. Hilarious. And they all yell, shit! When they're, like, driving into it. Yeah, there's a lot of profanity in this movie. In all of them. It's great. Yeah. Uh, So then uh, Marty's, like, teaching... Oh, oh, oh. uh, Lorraine, like, follows Marty back to Doc's and is, like, so forward and such a baller and is like, I want you to ask me the dance. Yeah. (sighs) She knows what she wants. She's going to get it, so... I, I also feel like... Okay, I know Marty is super cool, but, like, he's very clearly, like, everything he does is only making Lorraine more into him. Like, you think he would tone it down a little bit and not try to be, like, such a badass in front of her. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he's, I mean, but it's also kind of, like, survival. It is, but, like, it's just, like, all you are doing is making your mother fall more in love with you. Yep. So, try to stop doing that. Try and lessen the incest factor. Marty. Uh, there's a lot of incest. Um, oh, yeah. And then Marty goes to, like, teach George how to... They're going to orchestrate this plan where Marty's going to take Lorraine to the dance. And then... And sexually assault her. Yeah, yeah. His just, mother. like, light sexual assault. Like, some, yeah. t- some inappropriate touching of his I mom. I mean, like, for, for like, the greater good. What was Marty going to do? But... Yeah, and oh, and then he's just like, well, nice girls don't like it when you... T- when you... When you take <laughs> advantage of them. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what? And he's like, oh, you're going to touch her on her. And <laughs> he's, like, holding just, a bra. <laughs> it's, oh, God, it's so. It's like, bad, but it's, like, also, like, oh, why? How is And the movie, movie treats it like it's not weird. No, no, like, The movie's it, like, oh, it, it makes sense. Marty needs to do this because he needs to get back in time. So he's going to do whatever it takes. Even sexually assault his own mother. His teen mother. Ah. Um, but he's like, yeah, but he's like, hey, he's like t- coaching George on what to say. And he's like, hey, you get your damn hands off her. <laughs> and he's like, you think I ought to swear? And he's like, yes, George, swear, damn it. Like, yeah, it's so good. I I was deeply in love with Crispin Glover in this movie. Um, just throwing it out there. He's a little creepy because I saw, after I saw these, I saw uh, the Charlie's Angels movie that he's yeah, in. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I I saw this movie so many years before that. Uh, yeah, I was more interested in Sam Rockwell and Charlie's Angels, but that's a whole other tangent. We'll do Charlie's Angels on the podcast. Absolutely, because um, I feel the same way about Sam Rockwell and Charlie's and Sam Rockwell in general. In life, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, have okay. <laughs> Sidebar: Have you seen the movie uh, Mr. Right? It's, have I seen the movie? I don't remember. It's the one with Maybe. Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick. It came out like a couple. It's it is I, so so bad. It's I haven't horrible. seen it. No. Like maybe you should watch it, but like it's it's horrible. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Okay, so I'll definitely watch it. Uh, yeah, Sam Rockwell. But anyway, um, oh, one of my favorite running like gags in this movie yeah. is um. Whenever Doc Brown is going through, like, their plans, and he always says, like, please excuse the crudity of this model. Yeah, I didn't have yeah. time to build it to scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I lo- oh, Doc. Doc is trying his best. He builds, like, an entire model of the town. In, like, and he's like, day. sorry, I didn't have time to. Like, it's just- yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, um, and then Marty, like, decides he, like, writes him a letter to warn him about the death of, uh... His, his 1985 death as they're getting ready to get the time machine. Oh, because I guess we didn't say this. The clock tower got struck by lightning uh, at a certain time, and they're going to use that lightning strike to power the time machine to get back to 1985. So Marty writes him a letter that's like, Dear Doc, on the night I go back in time, you are shot and killed. Please take whatever precautions are necessary to avoid this tragedy. 
uh, your friend Marty. And uh, there used to be a Back to the Future ride at Universal. Um, yep. And they had like a framed like letter, <laughs> like a framed <laughs> copy of the letter. I just like thought that was really cool. Not for nothing, though. I feel like it may have been in his best interest to go in a little bit more detail about the events of that night. He's just like, you will be shot and killed by terrorists. Yeah. Like, it's, oh. it's like, that's it. How? Why are there terrorists there? How? Like, what? what with what weapon am I shot and killed? Like, why were they time? after me? How did they find me? They found me. Yeah. I don't know how they found me. um yeah so then so marty goes to the dance with lorraine they're like parked oh they show george dancing inside which is another great like few seconds of time so good of him just like dancing i also thought that all school dances were like this and like grease where people did these like intricate moves everyone got dressed up and it was like a big big thing but real school dances were never this like fun and exciting no <laughs> nothing ever happened i sort of had the same feeling like uh in greece too when i thought all high school talent shows were going oh, to be boy. epic adventures oh they were boy not. <laughs> did you also think that all bowling alleys were like really cool and the place to be on a saturday night yep because of greece too so marty and lorraine are parked outside yeah. the dance yeah it's and, super and awkward it's awkward uh, lorraine, lorraine is flask. Like, yeah yeah lorraine is like smoking and drinking Wait. and marty's like you can't do that yeah this is the other thing is people like smoked in the 80s so i don't get yeah. why marty's like so appalled that she's smoking he's like jesus you smoke too and yeah. it's like yeah, like, yeah it's everyone the 50s. still smokes in the 80s though everyone is still smoke like whatever it's fine it's fine yeah yeah, and then, uh, and then so they, they, kiss. they kiss, like Luke and Leia style. Yep, except, <laughs> except yeah. worse. Well, Padme I'm... and Luke style. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, yesterday, speaking of Padme, sorry, sidebar, yesterday I went to Disneyland, and oh, we went on Star Tours, which is one of the Star Wars rides, and we got the one that's episode one theme, so like you go to, like, you're like in a pod race first, and then you're like in the Battle of Naboo, and you go into, um like, the Gungan city, because mm-hmm. your planet, like, crashes on Naboo, and you, like, <laughs> run into Jar Jar. It's so bad. But I was so happy to have gotten it, like, because you get, like, a different uh, ride every time, and it was great. That's so, fun. Pre- that's cool, I didn't though. even know that they dedicated, like, that much detail for, like, a prequel mention, but anyway. <sighs> it was cool. <laughs> so. So we'll talk about Star Wars later. Yeah. We'll talk about Jar Jar later. We've got a lot to talk about with Jar Jar, with recent news. Um, oh, our Jar Jar yeah. update. Save that for the end of the, yeah. the pod. Yeah, yeah. we got to keep our listeners hooked. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so now Marty has to live with the memory of kissing his mom. That's yeah. going to never, that's going to just haunt. There's a lot of, like, Marty's going to end up psychologically traumatized. He yeah. has already and, been a thousand times over. And I mean, like, I guess there's some consolation in the fact that, like, after your mother kissed you, she was like, it was like kissing my brother. Um, so, like, there's that. But then, yeah, it's still really rough. Um, and so he leaves. Yeah, so then, yeah, so then Lorraine has to live with the awful memory of being, like, almost raped. Uh, because yeah, instead yeah. of George pulling Marty out of the car, it's Biff. Biff is like, you cost 300 bucks to my car. Now I'm going to take it out of your ass. And then 
his like cronies take him away and throw him in the back of Marvin Berry's like car. Yeah, because there's this band that's playing at this high school dance, um, a black band, um, <laughs> led by Marvin Berry, color cousin of the famous cousin of Chuck Berry, and yeah, 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 uh, the the <laughs> the like Biff's guys. Are like, yeah, we don't want any trouble with no reefer addicts. <laughs> it's like, hello, yeah, little white little... racism in there too. And I was like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, they call they them call spooks. spooks. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, like, get home to your mama. <laughs> it's so good. It's, I just love when like the visual of like the five guys getting out of yeah, the car yeah, with yeah. like puffs of smoke coming yeah, out yeah, after them. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Um. So yeah. So then, so Lorraine is just, you know. Hanging out with Biff. It's things it's pretty rough. Better. It's uh, it's really uncomfortable. And now, like, I don't know. I guess it just goes over your head when you're little, and you're not like thinking about that. But now I'm like, wow, this is horrifying. And Lorraine's gonna have to live with that because that doesn't change throughout the timeline. Like, no, that is that is a thing if, that happened if to her. If Marty hadn't gone back in time, that never would have happened. I mean, granted, her 1985 life wasn't great either but like now she has to just deal with this situation and see biff also like because he's just like is in their lives so okay yeah yeah not ideal um also just throwing it out there biff tannen is exactly the sort of person who would brag about grabbing lorraine by the pussy oh yeah a thousand just, percent just saying it yeah this is basically a prequel of trump's early life yeah like the trump origin story yeah episode one episode one <laughs> <sighs> yikes so yeah, so then George comes to her rescue. George, like, you know, he's trying to save her. And then he musters up the courage and the strength and he curls his fist, his, his hand into a fist. And he, he makes the most outrageous face <laughs> while yeah, he's getting ready to punch him. a lot of face him. acting going on. Uh, and he knocks out Biff in one punch and Lorraine is just like, all right, I guess this is it. Because I guess Lorraine's only attracted to wounded people and, like, violent guys. I think protective is the word that she would probably I guess, use. Yeah, she was like, "I like a man who's strong and protects the woman he loves." Okay. Yep. Calm down. Uh, yeah. So then they go. So Marty, Marty gets out of the car and he sees them going to the dance. But now the band can't play because the guy hurts his hand. So they're like, "Oh well, there's no more dance unless you know somebody who can play the guitar." And cut to <laughs> Marty playing the guitar on stage. Um, and they're playing Earth Angel. Yeah. Oh, this, and I, I love sort this of, scene. This is like I sort of want Earth Angel to play at my wedding. Like, yeah, it should. I sort of want that to happen. Add it to the playlist along with Star Wars music. Yep. And um, the Bill's fight song. The Bill shot song. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. All exactly. that depressing. Yep. Yep. I said today I was at brunch today and I was like, if the NFL just like ceased to exist, I think I I would be fine. In fact, it might be healthier for me if it didn't exist. Save you a lot of pain. Yeah. A lot of pain and grief. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're playing. Marty starts to disappear from time. Yeah, they super casual yet. disappear. There's that um, redheaded kid that's like Scram McFly, and just like that is Courtney Gaines, um, a wonderful '80s actor who is in a lot of movies, including Can't Buy Me Love, where he is a giant nerd, and then he's like a bully in this movie, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, and he's just like cackling, like what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like whatever. Uh, so then George like pushes him out of the way. And then they kiss, and the music swells, and Marty is, like, alive, and he, the Saved. picture, 
the, all they all all three of the siblings appear in the picture which on election night my friend sent me a tweet that was like america right now like as it was like late into election night and it was the back to the future picture like starting to disappear <laughs> i was like oh yikes yeah so um oh and then you know marty just sort of casually invents chuck berry's hit song johnny be good um so uh this one's an oldie well it's an oldie where i come from i now i have said that numerous times when i have like there's like in my old job when there's been like a mic set up on stage and we're doing mic checks and i would just be there nice (sighs) it's a fun it's a fun bit yeah so so then marty plays johnny be good uh I, i when i learned that that wasn't actually michael j fox singing i was pretty sad I held out hope for a long time in my childhood, even though, like, I couldn't really convince myself that it sounded like him, but I really wanted to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was tough. Um, does Marty, as an adult, actually pursue music? This is something we'll probably have to explore in Back to the Future 3, but, uh, yeah. Because he, you know, he yeah, wants to I- be in that band, he has that tape, he plays Johnny Be Good, he's clearly talented. Um. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. What, what is Marty's life like as an adult? We'll, post, we'll do this at the end of Back to the Future 3. Yeah, that, that can be the post-mortem. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so so then he runs back to me. Oh, he sees his parents one more time. And he's like, oh, I have a feeling about you two. And Lorraine's like, I have a feeling too. I'm like, oh, this was a very quick like switch in two hours over who you like loved. So Yeah, she's a little fickle. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, oh, when, when he's leaving, she's like, Marty, what a nice name. Yep. But then if that, if you really like that name so much, how come your older son isn't named Marty? And how come you were constantly calling him Calvin for the first, like, Yeah, there's, it's, it's like, very, like, I, I'm not convinced she knows what his name is. Yeah, so. It's. That's fine. Uh, so then he gets back to Doc and he's like, yeah, uh, Biff laid him out in one punch. And Doc's, he's like, he never, stood up to him. he never stood up to him before in his life. And Doc's like, ever? But then he's like, okay, well, let's just, like, keep going. So Doc... We'll deal with that later. Yeah, Doc is fine with changing, like, some of the timeline, but then there are certain things where he's like, no, we can't know that, we can't change that, like, no. He's very selective about the things that he doesn't want to change. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Marty's in the car, and it's this whole, like, da, da, I don't... Da, 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 da. <laughs> I don't see how there's any realistic way that they could time that perfectly so that he'd be hitting the wire exactly when the lightning strike yeah, hit. Pretty amazing. I don't see it as a, a possible thing. Was it fate? Was it destiny? It's density? density maybe. Yeah. Um but yeah, so anyway, like it works and um Marty gets shot back to nineteen eighty five. And Doc, lo and behold, has read the letter. So he's got yep. on a nice bulletproof vest, which is going to come back later. Yeah, a lot of bulletproof vests. Of, these, this movie taught films. me about so many things that I didn't know about before. Bulletproof vests, actors in multiple roles in the same movie, which we'll get to next next movie. Aging makeup. Aging makeup, prosthetics. The crisis in Libya. Uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really like 1950s culture in general. Yeah, 1950s, 1980s culture. Yeah, it's it's a very educational film. Yeah, yeah. So he say Doc Brown is is alive, and then he ends up going back to his house. And shocker, like everything has changed. His like they have nice furniture. His whole life. Yeah, 
and this is what I don't, like, this alternate timeline that Marty creates, because it seems like he has no memories of this world, which I think is incredibly problematic, because, like, he doesn't know any of his family members. No, they're, they're all completely, completely different, people, different people. Although Dave still is the worst of the siblings. But, so. like, even he is, like, not this slacker, like, he has Marty, an office job. you he's know where to but... the office? <laughs> yeah, and it's... He's so and, like, annoying, I... though, when he's like, oh, yeah, isn't the car He's like, why am I always the last one to know about these things? She's like, just calm down Dave calm down but it's like even just like they're gonna talk about family vacations that they took and he's gonna have no memory of them it's like he has lived an entirely different life and it seems like he has no memory of this and he probably should because like I don't see how he could not have acquired those memories in the in the like in the switch I wrote this as a note too like if somebody like let's say some intrepid time traveler with listening to our podcast went back and changed the events of a certain November night in 2016. Like, would we remember these past few months or would they all, will we just have like new memories of how the timeline changed too? The way that I've seen it in other time travel movies, um, frequency, for example, is like you have the memory of both like if you are the time traveler everyone else just like remembers the new timeline but you remember both yeah which i feel like is is in, at least for the purposes of you know uh, a film or a book or something it that works the best yeah. because just the idea that like he has created an alternate timeline that he doesn't really exist in is is like it's weird and also like Marty would be different, right? Like, if yeah. he was raised by a successful, confident father and a mother who's not, like, an alcoholic. a depressed alcoholic, yeah. he would be completely different. Like, he, maybe he wouldn't be... He wouldn't be he wouldn't so be shy. trying so hard to be the rebel, yeah. and he wouldn't... He wouldn't be so defensive about things, and, like, God forbid being called chicken. Um, <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Oh, we will so, get to that. Yeah. Also... For the love of Christ, why did George McFly hire the man who tried to rape his wife in I, high school? I don't know. And he's like, hey, hey, and he brings in the box. Like, he's like, welcome in their home. Yeah. I don't Are get there that. no other auto detailing shops in in Hill Valley? And it's like, the thing that confuses me about this is that at the end of this movie, Biff seems to have been reformed. Like, he, there is nothing about his good nature that seems faked to me. Like, he seems like oh, he has yeah, yeah. changed. Yes. But and then, then when, yeah. No, keep going. We'll find out at the beginning of the next movie, like, when he's an old man, he's, like, the same dick that he was well, in the 50s. Well, which yeah, is but like, in, the, in the end of this, in the beginning of the second one, when the time, like, I think it's in the beginning, in the beginning of the second one, after the DeLorean, like, shoots away, and it's Biff in 1985, and he's like, what? He's like a flying DeLorean, and he's, like, so snarly for, like, one second. But still, it's like night and day. Yeah, so it's it's really weird. And I just... Oh, another thing that I wrote down in my notes that I sort of forgot to mention um, at the time. So Marty is in, his, in the DeLorean about to come back to 1985. And he decides that he's going to warn Doc because Doc tore up the letter. And he's like, I'll go back 10 minutes earlier than when I left. That'll be enough time. And it's like, you have a time just machine. Why would you earlier. not give yourself... Like, an hour ahead of time, or yeah. half an hour, just, like, give yourself a little bit of room in case, I don't know, you get stuck in traffic, or, like, anything happens. Like, why would you just give yourself ten minutes when you could have as much time as you wanted? Yeah. That seems stupid. Yeah, it's, cool. <sighs> it's fine. Uh, but, yeah, so, so Doc, so Marnie goes into the garage, he has a truck, 
the truck that he wanted at the beginning of the movie and Jennifer comes in it's like how about a ride mister and he's like Jennifer aren't you a sight for sore eyes you know it feels like you haven't I haven't seen you in a week and she's like or or yeah Marty's like I haven't and uh, then Doc Brown rolls up and he's in like a future costume with like a clear tie (laughs) and he's like I need fuel and uh, he's loading up the time machine he's like yeah Marty you and Jennifer are fine it's your kids something's gotta be done about your kids so then, he has a Mr. Fusion. Yeah, yeah. So then all three of them hop in the time machine and uh, they back out into the road and Marty says, hey, Doc, you better back up. You're not going to have enough pavement to get up to 88. And Doc Brown goes, roads? And he flips on the glasses. Where we're going, we don't need roads. And then the music swells and then he, they blast off and the car flies. Iconic and the movie ends. ending. To be continued. So that's Back to the Future. What do you think, like, when this movie came out, Back to the Future was intended to be a standalone film, and the back, like, to be continued was just sort of like. It was added in, like, the DVD. Like, we, like, I remember seeing that when I saw it for the first time, like, when I saw it on video or whatever. Yeah. So, like, do you think this film would hold up better or worse if it was a standalone film? Do you think the sequels, like, add to the legacy of Back to the Future or. Do they detract from, like, what could have been a standalone movie? I mean, I love the first movie on its own. I think it stands alone fine and it works, but I have a hard time now seeing the first movie without just thinking about the sequels at the same time. You know what I mean? Just, like, thinking about what's going to happen and the first movie sets up so much in the sequels and they kind of go back to 1955 so many times that, like, it it just kind of adds in another level. Um... But I feel like the sequels, like, two and three also work well together. Two and three are better working together than, like, one and two, you know? Like, it seems yeah. like two and three are better connected because they're, I mean, I guess they were filming them back-to-back and we, they knew it was going to be a trilogy. Um, yeah, so I think so, So there's too. a little bit more preparation and attention to those details than I think in one and two there was, but... I don't know. I, 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 like, I can watch one, just one, and be done. Or I can watch them all back to back to back. Or I can watch part of Back to the Future 2 when it's on AMC at, like, 2 p.m. on a Saturday. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Back to the Future is, like, probably pretty close to a perfect standalone film. Yeah. But I don't think the sequels are, like, they're high enough quality that they don't detract from the original and they... They're fun. Especially they two. Are just like fun. Three's, three's not great, but like at the same time, it's not a terrible it's not movie. A bad so movie. it's not like. Yeah. Yeah. It's watchable um, and it's like, it's, but, but you can't, you have to watch all three. It's not like, I, in theory, you could watch like Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi without having seen A New Hope and you would still like understand things. But there are so yeah. many like callbacks and in jokes in Back to the Future 2 and 3. That, like, you have to have seen the first movie to get the, like, full effect of that. Yeah. And I just think they do a really good job of expanding the universe. Yeah. And just sort of adding all these little details into it that make it a more rich experience when you do watch the whole trilogy. Yeah. 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 I love it. So, <laughs> any other final thoughts about Back to the Future, Back to the future that we didn't go one. over? Um, oh, <laughs> this doesn't really matter, but do the adult McFlies live at home, too? That is literally the only note I have left on my thing. It's like, if Dave <laughs> oh, is so no. successful, Mr. I wear a suit to the I office, like, the why office. is he living at they home in 1985? An, I mean, it like, makes sense. They have a nice breakfast spread. Why would you want to leave? 
But it's like, but they're not. Nowadays, I, f- I guess they're like in jail back to the future too. <laughs> Whatever, we'll get to that. <laughs> it, I feel like culture has changed so much since 1985, though. Like nowadays, it's like it's more normal to yeah. stay with your parents longer because yeah, of like because of the, the financial situation and everything. And, and it's practical and. Um, if people are living in the area where your job is, like, yeah, it makes more sense now. But in 1985, I feel like that is insane. That I feel like in 1985, that would have been a red flag if you were, like, this 30-year-old man who, like, you have an office job. You seem like a fully functioning adult. Why are you living at yeah. home? Yeah, and I mean, maybe they were, maybe they were just coming by for breakfast. Maybe we didn't see that. Like, maybe they don't live at home and we just don't know, but... Yeah, I was that. That was that's even weird though. Like stopping by your parents' house on a weekday before you go to work to have breakfast. It seems like like a really nice breakfast too. It does. And who was it prepared for? Because Lorraine and George were like playing tennis, golf. They were golfing. Oh, golf. Sorry. Yeah, that's something. Like, I I do love the end of this movie because I just. I loved George and Lorraine so much as a couple, and I yeah. was so happy that they were so happy. Yeah, at yeah. The end. That they were like, and they were still in yeah, love. Yeah, and they were clear. And so, and it so like cool. proves the point of the movie, which is like they were meant to be together. So what Marty's yeah. Marty's actions were justified. Uh, and he gets his book, his science fiction book. Yeah. Oh, honey, your first novel. Ah, uh, if you that's what I always tell you. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Match it's made like, in uh, space. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. A lot of my notes are just like, it's so good. Like the end. It really oh, is. God, the end when he, he, it's your kids. Like there's always something else in time. Oh, time traveling adventures. I love it. Okay. So that's back to the future then. Yeah. I think we've covered everything. I think we covered, we covered a lot of ground. We, we asked a lot of questions. We didn't really answer them that well, but. We tried. We, uh, we're going to have a lot more questions in back to the future too. So tune in, tune into that. Yeah, stay tuned next time for Back to the Future 2. AKA our current hellscape. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Trump's America. Anyway. Uh, Bye. Bye.